We look at how the Baltimore Ravens trade deadline moves and stance could define their 2023 season. All that and more come up next here on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thank you so much for being here and making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We're free and available all podcasting platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube and in audio form wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Happy trade deadline day to everybody as we, we made it. We've been talking about trades for so long. We've been doing hypotheticals and trade targets. We finally made it, and happy Halloween, by the way. That's another thing that's happening today. But we got to the big day. Now we're going to see what happens by the 4 p.m. deadline. We will go live here on Locked on Ravens shortly after the 4 p.m. deadline just to break down every move that happened for the Ravens. And if there is not a move, we'll still go live and talk about them not making one. But today I want to talk about how the Ravens trade deadline moves and stance on the whole deadline in general could define their 2023 season. Now, not in bad ways, but it could define their season in multiple good ways. You know, there are a couple of ways where it could go south. We'll also touch on those, but it's re- it's a really intriguing conversation to me. So I wanted to talk about it here today before the deadline hits. We'll get into a final trade deadline target list in the second part of the show. Go through some big names, some medium names, some maybe lesser known guys as well. And then who I think will be brought in, if anybody, my my final predictions in the final part of the show. So if you're listening to this after the deadline passes, you can go to the final segment and see how right or wrong I was about that. So let's get into it here. The trade deadline can be a defining moment for a lot of teams, but the Ravens are in a very interesting situation, as as I've talked about before on this show. And if you're an everyday, you've probably heard me talk about it before if you listen to the show every day, which is the Ravens don't have to operate this trade deadline. They don't have to go into this trade deadline and maneuver around it thinking they have to make a move or else their season is done. They can make a season defining move here. Like, you know, we've talked about targets like Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Hunter, one of those top guys, Pat Sertan, they can make a move like that. And yes, that would define their season in a big way, but if they don't make a move, their roster I think is good enough to still compete. It's not like they have to make a move or their season is done. They can approach this deadline with the mindset of they can add to this roster, but they don't have to add to it because their roster is deep enough at most, if not all, depending on how you view a couple of positions, maybe running back or corner or edge or my big three needs, but they're deep enough there where even an injury, although it would not be great, they could they would they would still be okay. They could maybe add somebody from free agency. But the way that I kind of view things, and it, you kind of have to approach it as an organization from a couple of different lenses. 
One of them is the injury situation for the Ravens. They had a lot of injuries early on. They're getting healthier now. They only have a couple of guys still out with stuff or, you know, going down with things. John Harbaugh said yesterday that, you know, nothing major happened in that week eight game against Arizona, which is great news. But let's say, you know, running back is a need people have identified. Gus Edwards has a huge game against the Cardinals in week eight. Let's say he goes down. And again, knock on wood, he does not. But let's say he does, and he has to miss an extended amount of time. Would you feel confident in Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell, Owen Wright, Melvin Gordon is your running back room with maybe a free agent in there? I I might want to add somebody. Now, Derrick Henry, there were some (laughs) big rumblings, big rumors on social media yesterday. Spencer Schultz, Cole Jackson, friends of the show, saying that the Ravens and Titans had a deal in place and then Titans ownership denied it. You know, for me, I can't confirm or deny that rumor. I didn't, you know, I didn't hear that information. But I, you know, those are my guys. I, I don't think they would put out like false information just to do it. I will say, though, with stuff like that, for the Titans, I think a report came out from, I can't remember who it was. I think it was a Titans reporter that that wasn't the case. The Titans weren't going to admit to it, right? That report comes out. The Titans weren't going to admit to denying a Derrick Henry trade. So if that is true, if the Ravens and Titans did have an agreement in place for Derrick Henry, again, that is an if statement from me. If that was the case, the Ravens are clearly looking to add a running back that can complement this team doesn't seem like Saquon Barkley's being moved anywhere. Obviously, it doesn't seem like Henry's being moved anywhere unless it's for a good offer. But maybe Josh Jacobs, that Raiders team is awful. That They are terrible. Josh McDaniels is awful. Jimmy Garoppolo it is not good. Their stars deserve better, like a Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. The Ravens can make that star splash move. And that would obviously increase their ceiling. It would increase their floor. It would give them a different identity this season. But that doesn't mean that if they don't make that star move or even make a move at all, that their season is over. Because they have proven that if they can just get a little more consistency on the offensive side of the ball, and they do need that. We talked about it yesterday. They do need that. Baltimore does have a couple of avenues to say, yeah, you know what? We don't have to make a move and we don't have to overpay for somebody. If that's what their mindset is, I understand it. But if Edwards goes down, you're you're gonna need somebody because you don't have you don't have JK Dobbins. Justice Hill, I think he's looked good overall this season. Keaton Mitchell has potential, but that's a lot riding on those two guys, plus Melvin Gordon and Owen Wright. Cornerback wise, what if Brandon Stevens goes down, right? Those are the types of things that can define your season. Or what if the injury bug starts to pop up again? Obviously, I don't want that. Nobody wants that. But what if it starts to happen and you don't trade for a Dante Jackson from Carolina or, I don't know, a Rasul Douglas from Green Bay, one of those middle middle guys, like would be really good, but it's not of the star Patrick Sertan, Jair Alexander level. That, you know, if Brandon Stevens goes down, I'd feel a lot more confident having a guy like that in their room. Edge-wise, I think the Ravens are actually pretty deep edge-wise. I feel better about that room, especially if they can get a Tyus Bowser or and David Ajabo back. We'll see. But what if Adafio asked him his time? What if Jadavian Clowney goes down? You can operate from a couple of different areas if you're the Ravens where you're not like last year with wide receiver, where that roster, we all knew what happened when Rashad Bateman went down. 
we all knew what happened when Devin Duvernay went down. It was a position that was not addressed correctly by the Ravens. And they didn't address it at the trade deadline, obviously. And it ended up being one of their undoings. Obviously, Lamar going down played a big part in that too. But for this, Baltimore wide receiver-wise, I think is good. I think they trust their wide receivers. I don't necessarily see a move there. But if you kind of get... I don't know. I guess the word is complacent. If you get too complacent with your roster, and I'm not saying the roster isn't good, it's really good. But if you say, you know, we're gonna, we're going to risk it, and we have an opportunity to add, I don't know, a Zach Moss or I don't. Dalvin Cook doesn't necessarily move. I think Dalvin Cook will be released, and the Ravens could just pick him up in free agency, honestly. But if you don't get somebody because you think you're going to be all right and be healthy, and I don't think Eric DaCosta operates that way. I think Eric DaCosta and the Ravens are always looking to add. But it can define your season if something injury-wise happens and you didn't add somebody. Or if you do add somebody, that can define your season. But Baltimore does not have to approach this deadline with, uh, if we don't make a trade, the season's over. Or we have to make a trade because this one position is weak. Baltimore has built their depth up throughout the past couple of years where it feels like they've added a lot of good pieces. Guys are stepping up depth-wise. And so they can now approach this, not from a, we have to overpay for this guy. You can now approach it from both the present and the future, which I think is a really good spot to be in. Coming up in the second part of the show, though, we'll talk about a final trade target list. I kind of teased it a little bit as we went through that first segment. Be sure to stay tuned for that. Still a lot to get to on this trade deadline edition of Locked on Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by DoorDash. And there are plenty of stoppages in games. There are timeouts. It can be halftime. And sometimes you want to go up, get some food. But I've had it happen to me definitely a lot of times where I've went to go get a snack or get something from the refrigerator. And there's nothing I want there. But DoorDash can save you from that dilemma. You can order a ton on DoorDash and maybe you're a big pizza person. Well, in the Baltimore area, there are plenty of pizza places you can get on DoorDash, such as Underground Pizza. Maybe sushi is your thing. Sushi Hana in Baltimore is also awesome. And for DoorDash, you can do a bunch of different things on there, such as the the game day package, right? Pizza, wings, soda, burgers. I'm, I'm a big burger guy. But you can get all that on DoorDash Deliver without missing the game. Or if you want the snack package, you got chips, dip, nachos, everything you need to make your own nachos. Maybe you want to go the nacho route and just make them yourself. DoorDash has that as well. And you can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app under code LOCK23. Stop extra change, terms apply. And DoorDash has all your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery. All those are on the app, so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. Again, get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. One more time, don't forget to use code LOCK23. For 50% off of $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more subject to change terms apply. We're back here. It's our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still talking with you here on trade deadline day. It's, these, these days are always exciting. Every sport, whether it's NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, whatever sports you follow. Obviously, we're here talking football. It's always fun. We talked with Mark Clayton about this a couple weeks ago where it feels like the trade deadline has become more popular recently where, you know, back in the early 2000s, it was maybe one or two trades a year. But this deadline gets a ton of run now, and there's obviously a ton of content behind it. 
And I think teams want to improve midseason and get that extra jolt, that extra boost, especially contenders. And for teams that are selling, you can get a couple of draft picks along the way. Now, we've talked a lot about trade targets on this show. We've talked about them for the last couple of weeks. I do want to make kind of a final trade deadline list with some weird names that maybe I haven't said before, maybe only said once or twice, just to, you know, get them out there. Now, again, my three needs for the Ravens, running back, edge, and corner. I personally am not on the wide receiver train just because I don't think it's really realistic for the Ravens. I think that they trust their wide receivers enough where – they aren't going to make a move. I, I just I just don't think that's in their wheelhouse right now. If they were to move for a Devontae Adams, that to me would be a, a needle-moving move. It'd be a star move. But I think you have to include Rashad Bateman in that deal or else you're pushing him down essentially to fourth on the depth chart or maybe you include Odell in that deal. I think you have to include one of Rashad Bateman or Odell Beckham in that deal. And I think Baltimore likes their receivers enough. Now, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be an upgrade. I think if that's offered to you, you got to consider making that move, right? It's Devontae Adams. <laughs> Him and Lamar would be incredible together. But I'm kind of eliminating wide receiver because I just I just don't think it's what they're going to do. Running back-wise, though, we talked a little bit about Derrick Henry and you know what, what Cole and Spencer had to say yesterday. I don't think that – look, it'd be awesome. But if the real thing is that Tennessee wants more than a mid-round pick for – an all-time Titan, I think, is, is Spencer kind of put out there. I don't know if the Ravens are willing to move up to a second for Derrick Henry on a rental deal. And plus, now with the contract deadline being passed, that ended up happening yesterday at 4 p.m., it makes it a lot harder. doesn't seem like Saquon's getting moved either. I feel like if the Ravens really want that star difference maker running back at the deadline, it's going to have to be Josh Jacobs. The Raiders, another loss for them. I mentioned it in the first segment. They just, they need to embrace, you know, moving their guys. Devontae Adams is sick there. He does not want to be there. Josh Jacobs is fed up. Jacobs is really good. Jacobs is a really good player and would fit really nicely next to Lamar. Does a lot of things well. And a Josh Jacobs, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell backfield sounds really good to me. Like, I would really like that. Other guys that I think could be on the radar, depending on, you know, what their contract situation is. Aaron Jones from the Packers, his usage, his usage has always been kind of weird there. They tend to favor A.J. Dillon. Great pass catcher out of the backfield. Hard-nosed runner, too. Kind of underrated there. Does have an injury history, for sure. But that's one option. Miles Sanders is another. Signed a big contract with Carolina this offseason. Only got two carries last week. I don't know if the Ravens want to deal with that contract, but... Maybe he's another option. I mentioned guys like Dalvin Cook, Zach Moss, some of those other lower tier guys. Maybe they could make a move there. But it seems like in the reports were flying all weekend. Baltimore in the market for a running back. Ravens are looking to trade for a running back. It feels like they understand that they might just need a little more at that position to not get them over the top. I think Gus and Justice are a fine one too. But just to have one insurance into another player to take the load off and compliment those guys. So that's where I am running back wise for them. Corner wise, again, we can talk about the stars like a Jair Alexander, which I don't think happens. I don't think the Packers really don't have any incentive to move him right now. Uh, Pat Sertan, the, the Broncos won last week. So that kind of puts a damper on that. Plus, would the Ravens even be willing to move off of a first rounder? 
for Pat Sertan? Obviously, I would. I think that's more than worth it to me. But where, where do the Ravens stand on all that? I think if you're looking, again, at realistic, hey, this guy cost a fourth, cost a fifth. Dante Jackson from Carolina makes a lot of sense for me. That That's probably the move that I'd be the most happy with in terms of like a mid-tier player. Like, not that Jackson is like bad, right? But he's not of the level of a Sertan or a Jair Alexander. Rasul Douglas also would be in that category too. He's been lauded as a leader in Green Bay. He's turned his career around there too after some up and down years in Philly. So he'd be somebody that I think would be really good for the Ravens as well is a player that the Ravens, again, I've talked about this before. They love their three corner rotations dating back. And if you're an everyday, you're probably tired of me saying these examples, but back to the days of Marlon Humphrey and Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith. They like to have three outside guys or they have in the past, at least plus a guy in the slot, like a Tavon young this year. That's been Arthur Millette. Now edge is interesting because again, right now, Adafi Owe, David Ajabo, Tyus Bowser, and Davian Clowney, and Kyle Van Noy. Those are your five. The issue is that Ajabo and Bowser are injured, and there isn't a clear timeline on those guys. So you're down to three, plus Tavius Robinson, who has gotten much, much more playing time than I thought he would. I think he's been fine, too. Like, I don't think he's been bad. He's got, I think, uh, I can't remember who said it, but on-the-fly training has been what... Uh, Tavius Robinson has been getting this year. We've talked about Daniel Hunter. There are now conversations about, well, what do the Vikings do with Kirk Cousins tearing the Achilles? Or they just tear it all down and move off of guys? I don't know. I, they're going to ask, they're going to have to ask themselves that question over the next, you know, however many hours it is before the deadline is, you know, right around 12. Now Baltimore has options at the edge position. I think, if you're looking at realistic options, again, I don't know if Hunter's in that conversation. The Ravens would have to probably give up a second or a first for him. Carolina seemingly is telling people Brian Burns isn't available. I would say probably Montez Sweater Chase Young from the Commanders is more realistic. You could maybe give up a third or a fourth for one of those guys, which would be which would be fine. I'd be totally fine with one of those guys, in my opinion. So to me, there are quality options at all three needs that I have for the Ravens right now. And you know, if, if there are other needs that you have if you're listening there are options there too but baltimore doesn't have to make a move on those guys they can roll with their roster and still be okay in my opinion but i think that to add to a team that six and two has a lot of games at home hopefully is beginning to hit their stride offensively after a rough week eight in arizona so hopefully it starts in week nine there are options, and I'm intrigued to see what they do. Coming up in the final part of the show, though, we'll talk about who will be brought in. I'll get into my final prediction for trade deadline day and a lot more. Stay tuned. Plan to talk about here on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. And FanDuel is awesome. And if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action right now. The app is awesome and super easy to use. It's really convenient. There's a wide range of betting options. That includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson going up against that Seattle defense. Seattle's been tough. I don't know if you want to take overs or unders there. Based off where those are moving, they'll probably be moving throughout the week. Zay Flowers, maybe you want to take the Odell Beckham Jr. Anytime touchdown, you can do that over on FanDuel. Maybe you're into basketball. I'm a big Denver Nuggets guy. Nicole Jokic triple-double. Those seem to be very good bets today. 
So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. We're back here. It's our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still talking with you here. Trade deadline day slash Halloween. I appreciate you tuning in, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. Again, be sure to subscribe on YouTube and follow along in audio form. It's the same show, both audio and video, so you're not missing out. If you want to listen one day and watch another, then listen the next day, then watch the next. You, you can do that. You can alternate because you're not missing out on any content. You, are, you can also subscribe over on Subtext, the Locked On Ravens insider group for one-on-one text conversations, mailbags, uh, updates, and a ton of other stuff over there as well. Now, the trade deadline is always interesting. Deals happen that sometimes people don't anticipate. We'll, we'll, we'll go live on this channel after the fact, right around 4 p.m. Maybe it'll be 4.30 just so deals can trickle in and get reported after the fact. But we'll go live on YouTube after to see what the Ravens did or didn't do. And then that'll obviously be out in audio form after the fact. And then we'll kind of do a full breakdown on Wednesday tomorrow after everything settles down from that. Now, for the Ravens, as we kind of mentioned in the first segment, they don't have to do anything. But I think it's always fun if they do. Like It feels like with the Ravens' history... You can go back however long you want to go back to, but Ty Montgomery, that trade in 2018, I think it was a seventh round pick they traded for him. That was a small deal, but then you have the bigger ones like a Marcus Peters and Yannick Ngakwe, obviously last year with Roquan Smith. They have made deals, and I don't think anybody anticipated them trading a second for Roquan Smith, as I talked about on yesterday's show. I would have never expected them to make that move. But the Ravens are starting to do stuff, and I think it's more so just on capitalizing in Lamar's window. With this window, you have Lamar playing the way he's playing. And I th- he still has years of it. Like, he still has years of doing it. But to me, I think that the void years are something that, again, the Ravens never did that. But now you see it with Odell and a couple other guys. That's new. So with the Ravens trading a second for Roquan, trading that high draft capital is new. Now, do I think the Ravens would move off of a First rounder, some things, I don't know. That That's a tough one because first round picks have immense value. You'd really have to be sure. Like a Devontae Adams, a Pat Sertan, a Brian Burns, a Neil Hunter possibly, right? Those are guys you'd feel confident or okay with moving a first round pick for. Broquan Smith, you feel good about moving a first round pick for him, honestly, and the Ravens only had to move a second. So that was a steal of a deal for him. But Eric DaCosta and the Ravens, much like every team should, they're always hunting to make their roster better. Whether it is in free agency, is at the trade deadline. And this is what the Ravens like to save some money for, right? The Ravens like to go into the year with some salary cap space for either emergency signings, some guys who become available. You know, we've been talking about Nadama and Sue a couple of times based off what he had to say to the media a couple of weeks ago in London. So maybe he's a guy that the Ravens acquire after the trade deadline, if they don't make a move and add him to the defensive line room, maybe there's a guy that gets cut and the Ravens are able to add that player and they don't have to spend any draft capital. But I do think that the injury factor is real. As we talked about in the first part of the show, where if someone goes down and you had an opportunity to add, but you wanted to save the fifth rounder or save the fourth rounder, I don't necessarily think the Ravens operate that way, but it is possible. Maybe they just want the draft capital. But to me, another part of this is the comp formula, where if you trade for a guy and it's a rental, let's say the guy is in the last year of his contract, you can get a comp pick back for that player. So if you trade 
a third round pick for a guy and he signs a fourth round pick contract, you get that fourth round pick back and you're essentially moving down around for a quality player, hopefully. And essentially an audition, right? You're auditioning the player and the player obviously is figuring out whether they're a fit. It's, it's a fit both ways. Is the player a fit for the system and is the team a fit for the player? It's, it's two, it's a two way street there. So at this point with the Roquan deal, the Ravens gave up a second Roquan Smith. If he had gotten, you know, an offer from somewhere else, he went somewhere else in the off season. The Ravens would have gotten a third round comp pick back for him. Now, obviously that would have been a mistake. Roquan is worth more than that. And they rewarded him as such during the season. But that is the kind of thing that you can do with the trade deadline, where it's not just, oh, you're trading for half of a season plus playoffs of someone, then they're gone. It's auditioning both sides, team and player. It can either work out, you can get an extension done, or it doesn't work out and you get a comp pick. So there are those multiple avenues. If I had to guess, if I had to pick a position for the Ravens. I think running back is huge. I think for me, my prediction, if the Ravens make a big splash, a big move, it, it would be Josh Jacobs. I think that would be my big move prediction from the Raiders. What would that look like? Maybe a third, a third for Josh Jacobs, I think would be fine. And then if he walks and you don't want to sign the running back extension with him, if you're the Ravens, you probably get a fourth, which is fine because you get a really good player and you can see if it's a fit long-term. I think a realistic move would be Dante Jackson. As I talked about, I think he's a good player. Isn't going to cost you what a passer tan is going to cost you, but I still think would provide you solid cornerback snaps. A trio of Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Stevens, and Dante Jackson is not like the household name trio outside of Humphrey, but I think it'll be really solid and give you insurance across the board. So that's going to be my prediction edge. They could add someone. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think running back in corner, if I had to, if I had to chop it down even more, I would probably say that for me, at least, you know, just my opinion, running back in corner are the two big ones. So one offensive need, one defensive need, a big splash would be Josh Jacobs. And then a smaller one would maybe be a Dante Jackson, but we will see what happens again. We'll be going live here on locked on Ravens right around four, four 30 PM Eastern time, whenever the deadline ends and after deals trickle on down throughout the minutes after We'll talk about what the Ravens do or what they didn't do at the trade deadline. And we'll see. The Ravens have an opportunity to add, and we'll see if they end up doing anything about it. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked Our Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. Coming up tomorrow, more Ravens content here. So be sure to stay tuned. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Ravens.